You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Hey, we are canceling the apocalypse! Junior year. I can hardly believe it. Thanks, Dad. We need to talk about your sexual health. No, no, please no. I want you to be safe. Dad, why are you giving me these? Don't forget to have fun. Yes, well, I have a lot of rubbers for that. Specifically. I think you should branch out. Make some new friends. Nope. You never know what could happen. That's what I'm afraid of. My letters are my most secret possessions. I write them when I have a crush so intense, I don't know what else to do. There are five total. Peter, the most popular guy in school. Kenny from camp. Lucas from homecoming. John Ambrose from Model UN. And Josh. But he's my sister's boyfriend. What are you doing? Nothing. Nobody else knows about them. I've never seen you so happy. Did you mean what you wrote in the letter? I'm lying to every single person in my life. Just don't hide yourself, okay, honey? You can't just sit up in your room writing love letters. You gotta tell people how you feel when you feel it. It's a brand new podcast from Parts Unknown, A Strange Journey Through the Depths of Netflix. It's Anthony Lewis and Glenn Bovey back talking another Netflix original. Uh, this time, the 2018 teen romance movie directed by Susan Johnson called To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Uh, an unexpected pick, Glenn. What, uh, did you pick this because you just you'd seen it and you're like, hey, why not? Or was this something you really wanted to discuss or something that caught your eye? No, it was just, I mean, Robbie wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind cheesy rom-coms. Like, yeah. they're kind of a guilty pleasure. Like, the good ones. Yep. You know, they got to be a good one. Mm-hmm. And I just, Robbie and I had watched a couple of them on Netflix, and I was like, oh, you know what, that was a cute movie. And I, I also thought, like, for you, it was like, oh, it'd be kind of neat to, like, watch it with your daughter or something like that, too. So. Yeah. She had totally already watched it before me. Because <laughs> she's like, everybody at school was talking about how good it was, so I'd already, I already watched it, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, what did you think? She's like, it was so great. Um, I didn't think it was so great. I liked it. Yeah, uh, no, it's, it's, it's a solid, kind of, in a, like, a fine, like, you know, when those Hallmark movies that transcend Hallmark, like, that's what this was. Yeah. The it's ones a good, are, wholesome, nice change of pace movie. The ones that are a little too good to be on Hallmark, yeah, yeah, or, or Lifetime or whatever. Uh, so this like when people think Lonesome Dove's a movie, like <laughs> well, it's, it was a miniseries. Yeah, like it's one of those things. Uh, by the way, uh, this movie produced by Will Smith. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't know that. He's a producer on this. Uh, so this movie is about uh, Laura Jean Covey. And you hear people call her Laura Jean so much in this movie. Mm-hmm. 
to the point that it actually started to annoy me a little bit. I was so happy when people started calling her LJ. Because I don't know anybody who's got a name like that where people call them by their name like that. There's a guy I work with, yeah, and everyone calls him John Anthony, and I think that's his first middle name, but it's just his full name. <laughs> so people just refer to him by his full name at all times? Yeah, oh, John Anthony. And it's like, and he, was, no one really does it that much anymore, but like he, a long time ago, uh, like sent out a major email to people like, hey, can you call me John? Like, John Anthony is my full name. You don't have to call me by my full name every time. Yeah, I feel like I'm in trouble or something. Which is what it always felt like here when people are like, Laura Jean. All yeah. the time. And it's just like, I don't know. It felt, I knew, I know it's not her last name. Her last name's Covey, but. Uh, it still felt. Peter called Covey, but okay. So she here's the here's the setup for this. She is uh, about to start her junior year in high school. Her older sister Margot is leaving for college. Margot is dating. I want to say he's she's dating Israel Broussard. Uh, Josh um, is who he plays in this episode. He is Lara Jean's age. Uh, him and Lara Jean were super best friends until he fell for her older sister, Margot, and then their relationship kind of changed and got weird. Uh, she left for college and decided to end the relationship. Now, what we learn about Lara Jean is that she has letters. This is sort of like, Glenn, this is like a mirror universe, 13 reasons why, where... <laughs> Letter, but there's nothing. It's like everything is happy. Like there's nothing sad or depressing about it. But uh, this information about these boys get distributed to them, and basically, anytime she gets a serious crush on anybody, she would write instead of saying something to the boy, she would write a letter to them, fully addressed and everything. But then she would just keep it. Uh, and one day, her little sister Kitty feeling bad for Lara Jean's lack of a social life, knows of these letters and decides to just mail them out. Uh, and one of these letters is to Josh, her sister's ex-boyfriend. Uh, and the person Lara Jean currently feels like she has the most feelings for. It's the most recent boy. Um, this is when we are introduced to Peter who is one of the other love letter recipients. She kissed Peter and a spin the bottle thing in seventh grade. And he confronts her about this. And she's trying to explain to him embarrassingly. So why these things even exist. And when she wrote them and that she doesn't really like him in that way. And etc. etc. Oh, and that she oh no, because she lies to him. She says she wrote all those letters to hide the guy that she really likes. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is Josh. Yes. Uh, and Josh appears and she panics because she knows that Josh has will have his letter too. So she basically has this Peter guy tackled and kisses him to kind of make Josh think that I don't know, that they're together, maybe, or something, I don't know, something to get him to go away. Because she is terrified to confront him about her feelings towards him. And Peter, on the other hand, has just gotten out of another relationship with a girl that he has been dating for quite some time, and he... Her arch-nemesis. Yes. 
which is also Larjean's arch nemesis. Arch nemesis because she had kissed Peter at that thing in the seventh grade. But you don't know that until the end. No, you know that she's holding that grudge all this time. But uh, the uh, although the scene that they show you when they show you the scene of her kissing the Peter at the spin the bottle thing, the look on her face is very obvious. Oh yeah, <laughs> like she has a stunned look on her face. Um, so. Peter wants to get this girl back and she wants to make her jealous. So he's like, Hey, you already kissed me. You, you want to figure out how to approach this Josh guy. How about we just pretend relationship? Uh, it'll make my ex jealous and it'll give you the time you need to piece everything together for this Josh guy. And we'll just do it for as long as need be. And they, do all of the things that you do in a situation like this, like writing up a contract of do's and don'ts. Uh, you can and put et cetera, et cetera. your hand in my back pocket. Yeah. What's that? You know, like it's 16 candles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he thinks that's a movie no from the kissing. 70s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like, and we got, we can't, we can't tell anybody our secret. He's like, yeah, like Fight Club. And she's like, what's that? He's like, okay, well, after we watch your stupid candles movie, we're going to watch Fight Club. Fight Club, Club. yeah. Which, you know, the lesson of Fight Club isn't, you know, about <laughs> keeping secrets. No, no, it's not. But if you're in high school, that's... Sure. You don't really think of the other stuff that's in Fight Club. Sure. But basically, basically, once this moment happens in the movie, you now know the whole story. Unless you've never oh, seen yeah. a romance before, or a teen comedy, or romantic comedy, or anything like that. Unless you've never seen one before you knew from then on out exactly what would happen and when it would happen and how it would happen. And all of those things did. They pretended to be in a relationship for a very long time, months. And as it turns out, they end up actually falling for each other and a bunch of things ensue. It almost falls apart, but then they eventually tell each other how they really feel. Yada, yada, yada. And the thing with Josh, I think it's a, Lara Jean comes to a realization that she never necessarily was in love with him. She just missed having her best friend and wanted her best friend back. And those feelings came out in that way. But she doesn't really have those feelings for him. She just wanted her... uh, She just wanted her best friend back. And throughout all of this, you know, there's leaked things on Instagram. And by the way, was that mystery ever solved? Who leaked this this footage? It's it doesn't from, matter who posted it. It's from the person you least expect. It certainly seems like they were setting up somebody to be a bad guy here. And an unexpected bad guy as well. Because her, her arch nemesis... Is Lucas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought it was going to be her best friend, like Christine or something. Uh, like she had feelings for Peter or something, but she stole. How it. dare you go against the house of Targaryen? No. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked the. For me, basically, my standard for a movie like this is, I I feel like once you've seen one, you've seen them all. This didn't try to push the envelope or reinvent the wheel. They told a pretty standard teen romance slash rom com movie. So for me, what it really boils down to is how likable are the characters and how relatable are they? And I found them very, I found many of the characters very likable and many of them fairly relatable. Uh, I think it was, you know, cute and sweet and well-made 
yeah. I like the movie. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I thought the, um, like you said, you, you know what the plot's going to be, so it's a matter of how are they how are they going to execute it, and can I get invested in the characters? Mm-hmm. And I thought they did a really good job adding little wrinkles and fleshing them out. You know, like when she's talking about her mom um, being dead, mm-hmm. and he's trying to relate it to his dad kind of walking out on him. Yeah. Of course they're in high school, so they can't really have that conversation. Like, they don't know how to handle it appropriately. Mm-hmm. But it's a nice moment for them that they have, like, whenever she's at his house and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was nice to see John Corbett in something. The guy who was the lead in My Big Fat Greek Wedding as her dad. Uh, I liked oh, her dad okay. a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, Like, I, this I've movie really seen... reminded me of, thir- of uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah, I haven't seen... I haven't seen uh, my, what was it? My big fat Greek wedding or whatever it is, but he, John Corbett as the dad was great in this movie. Yeah. Him and him and Kitty, the little sister for me are the characters that kind of stole the show. Yeah. uh, From like a comedic standpoint, they were very enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, the the whole thing when he gives her the whole bag of condoms, Condoms. well, look, well, because he's like... Uh, I think you're ready to have... Yeah, he's a gynecologist. He's a gynecologist, so... <laughs> oh, like, look, man. Do I think you're ready for this? No. But I understand that this might happen on this trip. So if you are going to do this, please... He gives her a, 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 non, a discreet, non-discreet manila envelope just <laughs> yeah. full of condoms. Different types, too. Yeah. That was the funny. It wasn't just, like, yeah. a bunch of the same... Like, you just emptied out a box of condoms. It was a bunch of different condoms. Like, you had to have bought a variety pack and put them all in there. The last thing and he says to her like, is, have hey, fun. have fun. And she's like, oh, don't worry. I've got a whole bag full Spe- specifically, of have. Specifically <laughs> yeah. for that. Thanks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I thought that was great. Um, they do a little... They do a little cute joke at the end. Um, after they run the main credits, that one of the other boys oh, shows yeah. up with like a letter from and flowers. Council or whatever. The one that was from camp. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the other boys, Lucas, he's like, you know, I'm gay, right? And she goes, I did not. Like in her yes. head. Yeah, in her head. Oh, and she's yeah. like, oh, of course. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, of course I did. And then whatever, he's like, shit, I wrote one to Lucas, and he's like, and then Peter's like, well, you know, he was, he's gay. Yeah, I know, of course, everybody, I don't think everybody knows that. Like, no, everybody does. Everybody it's... knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I like that a lot. And then, you know, you've obviously got, you know, her her sister comes home from Christmas break. She comes home a little early, and there's an argument between Peter and Josh, and her older sister overhears, and she's like, oh my god, you're in love with Josh, and, you know, you get that uh, the sisters coming together and yeah, airing out all the laundry way. yeah uh this was like i said it did not push any envelopes but uh it didn't try to you know do anything different but like i said you you rarely ever see that so uh i was just happy that the the story was totally fine and well told and that the characters were were likable uh any other thoughts? If not, what would you give it? Uh, I mean, I feel I I really liked Peter in it. Mm-hmm. Like I was, was torn. I like the first thing. Well, they I like that they did little things with him. So whenever you first see him and his girlfriend's being a bitch to her, making fun of her shoes. Yeah. 
whenever he walks away, he looks down at her shoes and kind of smiles. Yeah. Um, and then again, like his little flirt that he has with her whenever she almost hits him with the car. Mm-hmm. And again, they play that into the end of the movie where the payoff is like, I want you to know I drove all the way over here. She's so like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, this really is serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a running again, joke that she's you know, kind of like the American Vandal thing. Really low stakes, but for them, like those are really high stakes that they're dealing with in their yes. circumstances. Yeah, um, I like that running gag. By the way, that she's a horrible driver. That she drove her little sister to school and she'd wear a bike helmet in the car. Yeah, uh, as like was a, it racist? Oh, were they were? Oh God, what were they watching? Were they watching Sixteen Candles? Yeah, and they're watching Sixteen Candles. He's like, "Is it Doug Song kind of racist?" She's like, "Oh yeah, he's really super racist." <laughs> and they're like, "Well, then why do you watch this movie?" And they like the lead guy Josh or whatever, and he's like, "I'm way better looking than him." Like again, they just they did little stuff like that with their characters to kind of flesh them out, give them a personality. Yep. Like even though everyone like had small, like it's pretty much just Peter and Laura Jean. Mm-hmm. as the leads and everyone just kind of shows up but even all their extra characters they all have their moments like her best friend when she's kind of grilling her dad about why a man who's in college would have the realization that he wanted to look at vaginas the rest of his life like what's uh you know it's kind of is that something that we should think as being gross or like kind of like a pervert <laughs> he's just like i am not having this conversation with you and i'm leaving and then he doesn't actually leave. He just sits on the stairs whenever she's talking about Peter. He's like, well, if it's any consolation, uh, I think that. And he kind of like gives his two cents, even though he's not supposed to be there. Uh, and he does, you know, but again, it's just little stuff like that that they do that, that make the movie enjoyable. Like you said, you know what's going to happen. You know what the end's going to be. Um, like, there's only two outcomes. Either she realizes she wants to be with Josh or she's going to stay with Peter, which is more than likely what it was going to be because this movie was a lot like 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Which I love. So, you know, it's fine. Uh, also, so the dad was a gynecologist in that movie. So I would give this movie a very strong four. A very, very yeah. strong four. Yeah, I went, I, I went under this time. Cool. I gave it, like, a really strong three and a half. Uh, but mostly because it just coasted on how much I enjoyed the characters. Uh, I guess for me, like a rom-com's really got to come to impress to to get something a little bit better than that out of me. Mostly, well, what is like your favorite rom-com? Oh my god, I I don't know. I feel like I may I don't think I've seen that many, but most of them feel like they all kind of fit into this box. I'm not sure if there. Uh, perhaps there are some you 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 could recommend, but uh, I mean, like when Harry met Sally. Yeah, I've never said that's a classic one, obviously, but I've never seen uh, Annie Hall. Like if you watch Annie Hall, like mm-hmm. every single cliche is in that movie, but it's because it invented. It. Yeah, it invented it. So yeah, uh, yeah. For me, most of them tend to fit like right there uh, in in that three and a half to three and three quarters, uh, you know, depending, they might hit the, hit a four every now and then. it really depends on how likable and relatable the characters are. And if maybe there, there are any twists or turns in how they deal with the, you know, the tropes of, um, romantic comedies. I'm, I'm far more forgiving of tropes in genres that I'm, uh, a bigger fan of. And that comes with the bias of opinion giving, but, um, I would totally recommend this. Uh, to people, especially if you're a big fan of 
of movies that are like this. And also, like, with it being a rom-com, too, is, uh, or just given what the movie is, it's really a movie, like, the whole family can watch. You don't... Yeah. Oh, I, I feel like we don't really get a lot of those. No. No, no. But they aren't, like genre specific ish like i mean you could say like all the marvel movies but mm-hmm. you know if you're not into that kind of thing i don't sure. think you would you know some people just don't like superhero stuff yep but i feel like with this movie it kind of plays it right down the middle there's a little bit for everybody i agree uh okay so before we let you know what we're gonna watch next time uh, I'd like to thank the good folks over at Adam Tickets. Head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Adam Tickets or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. Uh, you can also uh, check out the archives of the show while you're hanging out at the website. And uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn. Just search for Cinema Geekly and hit subscribe. And uh, next time we're, we're going back, we're re-breaking the mold, Glenn. My pick will be season two of the Netflix original mockumentary series, American Vandal. Keep it a trend. That's right. Uh, We're going to talk about that next time on another podcast from Parts Unknown.